Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. talking about our first movie as opposed to a music project we're talking about the 2014 film called noah a wide release big blockbuster theatrical film um, by director darren aronofsky and starring uh, russell crowe jennifer connelly emma watson anthony hopkins kind of a liberal interpretation of the story from genesis yes Mark, do you have any, remember seeing the film in theaters or anything um, when you saw it in 2014? Yeah, so the funny thing is I was living in Korea at the time. And so I I was thankful. The release in Korea ended up being maybe two or three days before the release in the States. I got to see it in Korea before, um, you know, a lot of people saw it and then responded to it in the in America. I remember being interested in it with it being a Darren Aronofsky film, kind of the background of seeing Pi before and The Fountain particularly, those ones uh, had some biblical imagery in it within them, but a little, you know, less so Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> I remember being interested to see, you know, what was, what was he going to do with it, you know, when he when he took this story. I think I probably saw it in the theaters. I do remember seeing like some of the buzz and talk about it. Christian reviews weren't that strong for the film. Um, I'd, I wouldn't say right. they were negative, but I'd say it was kind of, it was a mixed bag. Um, and I think that Jewish sources that I read about were generally more positive. I think more accepting of a creative or allegorical interpretation. Really like uh, Russell Crowe as an actor um, who's it's excellent in, in his films. And then I, I know a lot of people really like Aronofsky. I get that his films are, you know, wild out there. Like, and I appreciate it for that. They don't necessarily like him as much. So yes. Pine Record were definitely interesting to watch, even if I didn't really like the movies too much. I thought they were all right. I actually did like uh, The Wrestler a lot. Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. that once in, in there. And I did really like uh, Black Swan. Um, oh, okay, I haven't seen um, Black Swan. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad or as provocative as what you might have heard. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was really good. I think it was uh, Natalie Portman's best performance, though. In addition to having weird, interesting stories that he typically, he he's wrote all the films that we talked about so far. You know, with the background of the film, like, would this be considered like a Christian film, a secular film, a Jewish film, um, depending on how you do it. I think that it's, you know, the Christian audience is probably the, you know, the biggest overall audience if you're like one group. Um, and I think that's like, that's the reason why it was the, you know, Aronofsky's highest grossing film. On the other <laughs> hand, you'd say, um, you know, I think that, you know, Aronofsky um, isn't a believer, um, or like an observer of the Jewish faith, but that's his background, like that he, 
he was raised Jewish. So I think that kind of influences him. And of course, you know, it's a, it's a mainstream uh, studio. How would you describe the film? Okay, so a couple of other things about my background is, you know, I taught, I've taught some high school English and within high school English teaching, you know, sometimes we, I've studied, um, you present flood narratives and um, there are several flood narratives that have appeared in cultures, you know, throughout the world. And I think it's because obviously um, there was a real flood. <laughs> and I think the, and I believe the, the biblical account is the most accurate, but I, I, I kind of see this one as, uh, as being a, a general flood um, narratives, you know, so there are some things that are untrue or, or there's some like distortions, like those rock people, which we'll, um, I think we'll get into that and some other things. And, and I don't necessarily see it as Christian or Jewish specifically because um, his relationship with God is interesting. But the thing I appreciated about um, about this as a film is that like, well, I grew up in church, you know, in a Christian background, but like, you know, we learned about the flood sometimes in Sunday school you know, where you're, it's like, let's draw a pretty picture of a boat and let's draw some pictures of an animals. Um, and not really thinking about the, yeah, this, the man, mankind, like humanity was so simple, so, so, so simple that God brought judgment and then he saved it a little bit through, you know, through, um, you know, he's through the, through, through Noah and his family and the, and eventually but eventually, you know, it was necessary to bring Yeshua, right? To really save humanity from its its sin. So I, I appreciated this film for for showing the fact that humanity was in a bad place. And th it wasn't like God was just saying, like, he was just unhappy. It was like humanity was just awful, 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 and it needed to be needed to be saved and so I, I that's i did that's what i did appreciate about this even though there were some distortions noah's ark is definitely a story that's like a very little kid story you know it's a literal like apocalypse kind of thing it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's an apocalypse yeah so i was aware of you know i've been aware of you know the gilgamesh flood i read a little about that and there's obviously mesopotamian fly ones and then i I think I've heard that there's even, you know, Native American stories and things like that. Is there something from a general flood narrative that was in this story that you don't, that wasn't part of the uh, biblical Noah story? Well, I think just the, like, for example, those rock people showed up, you know, and I, I don't really actually, maybe you've, you've investigated it more. Um, so, it's like a weird version of kind of, I think, an interpretation of a, there's like a Bible verse. But basically, yeah, the, the reason why I mentioned like some of those other narratives is that in those other narratives, you know, God appears or there are other creatures, you know, other fantastical creatures, other mythical creatures. In some of those narratives, it's not just one God. It's like the rain God or whatever. The rain God was unhappy or, it's, you know, something else. They never say specifically that it's, I don't think he ever says specifically that it's God. They don't yeah. say God by name in the, or they don't use the name God. Also, his retelling, I, I mean, I liked it, but then is uh, I forget how accurate his retelling of like the creation story and and sin, the entrance of sin, 
and then um and then kind of like who, who the i think they call them the nephilim or or the yeah. um is some other tribe what, what is that other tribe i forget i forget how that exactly goes there's like the descendants of seth and then the descendants which is in the bible the, right. the descendants of seth uh and then the descendants of um Cain. it seems like the in the movie the descendants of seth is limited to one family while Cain's descendants have spread throughout the entire earth and that doesn't seem like it happens it seems and i don't think descendants of Cain were universally doomed and stuff like that i think Cain was just one man that was doomed and and not his sons necessarily and it, i think there was like other descendants of seth it would seem like that they, they pair, you know, that they perished in the flood. So they show the creation time lapse, and it, it's interesting because they, because they show it as basically, um, they show evolution and creation together. Um, I think it's like a, you know, it's a creator-driven um, evolution, or kind of like a watchmaker kind of theory where it's showing where it's a synthesis of it, like saying it's not trying to disprove one of them. It's, so it's showing eons pass by. So not a literal seven days, but it's showing this. And it doesn't say seven days. It goes, it's essentially showing millions of years. Um, and then things going roughly in the order of that snake appearing and, and stuff like that. Like that's worth the uh, watching it alone. It was a really stunning visual montage it's not like anti-god or anything um i guess it could leave up the possibility of multiple gods or something like that but i yeah it's really addressed like that the other the other little strange thing that i thought though was um so he goes to seth right uh, or he goes to he goes to get a blessing from anthony hopkins character who's like this um you know he's supposed to be like uh, like follower of the creator you know but also he's like this like mystical magical like creator in the in the in the wilderness um but then he gives him the blessing right uh and then the blessing are are they using like snake skin yeah or what like they wrap a snake skin around the guy's arm and i thought that was really uh, a little a little strange imagery I, like it could be like on the one hand like you're it's like a possibly a reminder of the fall you know but may are like are they aligning themselves with the with the fall that was like i didn't like i didn't necessarily it is was, it was a little thing. like was that from the you know the the devil's body in the snake snake form and there's also a flaming sword you know it's not mentioned in the in the movie but it's you know there was an angel with a sword guarding um the entrance to the garden of eden have you seen the fountain <laughs> no i haven't that's yeah, yeah. one film that I haven't seen from from Aronofsky. In the fountain, they're um like and then multiple times throughout space, you know, they're trying to find the fountain of youth or um time and like basically through time and space and in different cultures. And in one of those settings, um, I think there's some type of knight who's going he's trying to find the Garden of Eden to save his wife from you know from cancer. And and he comes across the the, this angel with the sword <laughs> just oh, like protecting the garden of eden i like that that's like that's referenced here in the film and that aronofsky has um at least addressed like visually presented that you know that's it's kind of cool right like he has shown some of the effects of the fall you know with death 
the Methuselah character, the world's longest living man, and he dies a year of the flood. If you work the numbers, that's, that's what it is. And then Methuselah, his name means like when he dies, it'll happen. Oh, wow. You know, that's certainly an odd name for someone, but I, I don't think are explicitly mentioned in the Bible, but it's something that like people put together. Then they add the, where he's got healing power. It gives them a seed where they can, that turns into an entire forest, you know, and the snakeskin is, it's a fun, interesting character. It is a bit incongruous. Not quite sure all of what it, it represents. The character's there um, as in, in the movie so that Noah can talk to someone because he doesn't really talk to God directly or at least have a conversation with God. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, uh, Methuselah is able to give him the answer answers for that so they can keep God as a, a distant uh, figure. Yeah, well, let's talk about the the Watchers as they're referred to the film. They are really cool creatures, and maybe I'd have, people would have less of an issue with it if it wasn't, you know, a biblical story or something like that, like people. Oh, definitely. The problem with that, like giant stone monster stuff like that, kind of reminds me a little of like the Ents in Lord of the Rings, you know, like giant tree creatures interesting interpretation of you know fallen angels or angels that have become part of the of the world i think it's just as weird as the part in the bible itself like i'm not quite sure what the biblical passage is about like like the nephilim to me when there's angels walking on earth and then you know sleeping with women and then the women giving birth to giants like i'm not quite sure what that means at all i've listened to some interpretations of that of that passage and watch you know there are some if you want to go out there and look on youtube there, there are like a million of them million interpretations and yeah but i yeah i, I agree that is it is an odd i'm not sure what we're, what we are to make of it they're called like fallen angels and i usually like associate fallen angels with like as basically becoming demons right like that's kind of how i think of what fallen angels are so that I think that's the other thing that possibly people are that it, like people back when it was released and for myself too that I'm like a little cautious about like are they good are these watchers good are they bad are they just kind of sent there to protect some things you know I don't know it's interesting I don't know what to make of them I mean narratively yeah. why this way they can skip hundreds of years of Noah building the ark you know myself or or something like that I don't know if it's less plausible than you know one family building the ark themselves they're able to build the ark quickly and defend it and definitely a sense of urgency and fits under you know the rule of cool kind of stuff you know where you know it's mm -hmm. like <laughs> it's fascinating enough that i'll that I'll, I'll give it a pass it does show redemption um outside of noah himself you know because there's no redemption for the people of the of the world you know one criticism that i have you know there's the opening scene where you know noah's father is killed and i guess that's enough to say that you know okay so noah's completely given up on everyone outside his family or at least humanity in general but if he's not offering anyone else a chance for repentance you know it's not in genesis but in the new testament they actually uh noah's referred to as a prophet Mm -hmm. And prophet could mean, okay, he, he 
received a message about the future flood, which is true. Right. But I can see that usually a prophet um, receives a message and then delivers it. So um, yeah. I interpreted from that Noah actively tried to get people to repent. I could, I could have also just been conflating it with, uh, you know, Jonah or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, there's also like, like, as you said, you know, if it took him several, you know, how, however long it takes to build that size of a boat, you know, you know, as your family, like, it, you know, with not with modern technology, even with modern technology, it takes them a year to build a new house or, or like two years, three years to build a boat of that size, you know, even with modern technology, you know, and multiple workers and, you know, robots and all that helping out. But uh, so it would have taken a long time for him to build the boat. It, it does make sense that he that other people would have known that this man is not just a crazy person or they think they maybe think he's crazy, but that he's building it because there's because he's received a message in terms of like the sin of humanity, though, there is there is an, in, in terms of like also Noah not you know ex extending the message. There is the scene where, OK, they have, um, I think there's there are wives for the sons you know but then they're like they say we need to go get we need to go get an, um there's one more wife you know it, let's see if there's a and that's and that and they go into the city and and that <clears throat> i i i was re-watching it recently and i didn't quite get to that scene but i remember that being a really like kind of disgusting and un unple unpleasant but powerful scene where they they go into the city and it's just it's it's just kind of um they're just fallen in sin and like beating each other up and there's i think there's mention it seems like they're raping raping you know younger younger folks it seemed like in the message was like if they had brought too much filth on board the boat that it that they just wouldn't have gone well yeah and there's slavery in the in the city I do like the red herring where it seems like it's, you know, they're, God is going to bless each of them with a, with a wife. Um, and it's all going to work out. And then it, it doesn't work out for the, for that. Like it's, you know, I think the timing with, you know, and one of the women getting stuck in the trap, Noah goes, goes through despair. Like he's basically, he's given up on, on humanity. Um, I think if you know, so he's willing to let it, everyone die. Like after, after his, you know, his family will will die eventually, and then it returns to nature. So Noah's character is redeemed over time, um, which you know the biblical character uh, doesn't really go through an arc like that. But I, I thought it was poignant. He realizes that there is uh, good in humanity. Or at least they got yeah they got wants to yeah God God's blessing or God the the presence of God is still on some there's some good like in the biblical narrative you know it's interesting because like the way that Genesis is presented you know not too long after the flood is the the Tower of Babel <laughs> right like so um, and God God doesn't seem he God seems to be very not pleased with that. God doesn't want to wipe off everybody. So what did you think? So there's the redemption of Noah and I, yeah, and then I think that's kind of, that's kind of valuable because I think like every person needs, you know, redemption, but uh, there's also 
him killing the baby that was would you <laughs> would you he like he wanted to kill the child yeah uh, uh, that is born on the ark that's tough i mean it, you know it is obviously a big parallel to abraham um yeah, yeah. That up, but it's still really tough like his character basically does suffer because of that sets up like why he was getting drunk um by himself right. or even though the character does go through some redemption it's tough to um to really like the character overall so like with abraham um like it's clear in the scriptures that he received a message from the lord and uh i mean he's faithful to the end and kind of you kind of see god's hand over that whole situation god wasn't trying to institute like the baal worship of you know child sacrifice <laughs> you know that god doesn't like he clearly he clearly doesn't like that several times in the scriptures um but then in this one it's like it's almost like he misheard or misinterpreted you know what the the quote-unquote creator had said and so yeah so that's why he, he becomes i think for me he became he became a, became a little less a little less likable and also it, it kind of called into question some of his like prophetic prophetic um you know nature you know like in terms of listening to the creator and like you know is he getting the the messages clearly from from god from or from the creator from yeah uh, in the film so that's what that's that's that was the other reason why that part that scene was difficult for me but i liked the fact that he needed to be redeemed <laughs> no yeah that's i agree with that yeah and there's you know noah gets the vision of the flood but then you know that's basically the only communication so yeah it's I guess it can be a prophet, like with a with a limited communication and stuff like that, where God's yeah deliver one message. One thing they do set up in the in the movie is a battle of power between Noah and you know the descendant of Cain is Tubal Cain. Not saying that Tubal Cain is right, but he's at least justified in his his view. And Noah didn't have the correct view of humanity at that point. Like yeah, I think he was you know, fatalist saying that, like, humans should be doomed, and Tubal Cain is revolting against that. You know, on one hand, you know, he wants power to, and humanity to continue, but obviously the way he's doing it through dominance of other humans was is wrong. It's not realistic that it would seem like a, there was only industry and not farming, or it completely devastated the environment. It seems like it's something that you know, maybe, you know, it could be an allegory for 21st century humans. Right. Who knows, though, David? Who knows what was wiped out in the flood? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I think I've seen some stuff where it's like, okay, well, uh, the humanity before the flood was really advanced. I mean, like full industrial scale and early industrial age era kind of stuff, we factories and mineral that they could use as like explosives if that had been the case you know probably in the scriptures noah you know would have recorded it and passed it on through his family but yeah. it's, it's, it is fun to think about they had all that but they didn't have boats <laughs> yeah 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 so it's kind of you know sets them up against each other but they're they're kind of both wrong for different reasons i forgot which one of the sons was siding with tubal cain for a while but does introduce some ambiguity where you you actually think he's going to side with him um at least and he does for a while 
in the movie suggestively veganism and, and things like that which which you could argue for in in a modern sense but i don't think i certainly don't think that was true in noah's age i i don't think noah would have argued for that especially because they brought you know they specifically you know mentioned they brought more of the animals that you could eat um in the bottom. yeah there's a sacrifice of the animals and stuff like that yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, you know, we you know the, the Bible doesn't, doesn't really address that necessarily. What were, what were they going to eat, you know, you know, or did they, yeah. were they farming? You know, they brought lots of plants or, or that they, uh, you know, they had extra jerky kind of preserved animals or stuff like that. It's kind of a funny moment when, I mean, it's dark, but I think it's a, a funny moment that Tubal Cain eats some of the animals on the ark. Um, uh-huh, right. You know, in the, so in the movie, there's nothing that says there's only two of each animal. You know, if it's like it's a biblical one, it's like maybe he's like eating some weird animals, like now that animal's, you know, extinct because he ate the old, you know, one out of two of them. All the other stories you see, you know, two of every modern animal. And these are kind of a combination of some animals and like it's unclear what it is. So I could see like different kinds of snake kind of things. And then they actually do have a little bit of modern imagery. I don't know if I'd consider it an Easter egg or if it's a subliminal message or just something that they threw in for repeat viewing. There's a montage of a cycle of violence. It's not something that's literally happening. It's, you know, something that's told. And you see hand-to-hand -hand combat throughout the ages as two different people fighting. And it's, you know, it's quite beautiful. It's mostly ancient weapons, some... You see some swords and shields that would be classical era kind of things. So something that would be, I guess, at least conceivable for that could have happened uh, pre-flood. But then it's mostly, you know, still more advanced than ancient technology. If they freeze frame, you actually see some stuff with modern weapons. Some people firing guns and mm -hmm. there's also... Uh, right here you know, yeah that must be like a sub subliminal or, or it seems like a subliminal to appeal to, to us yeah not sure if the right gear has a modern image with all the you know the riots that are going on now in the u.s i'd say it's been more active over the last six years than before but obviously there's been protests and riots in the in the u.s you know he's showing the current how there's a cycle of violence like that violence begets violence and keeps on repeating on and i guess is that telling that it's continuing to happen, like is that something that humanity is doomed and that's why they're using modern weapons as well to show that it's, it's not just I mean, one away. I mean, I like that. I like that interpretation, you know, for me personally. I mean, I think that there is definitely some truth, <laughs> to, you know, some truth to that. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of some one of the messages like the message of the of one of the messages of Genesis is that you know there was, you know God made it and it was good, but then there was rebellion and then and then the curse of sin is death, and and then also like the first murder happens you know, not too long after, in the scriptures you know it happens like I think the next chapter of the Cain Cain and Abel story, we're made in the image of God and we long for eternity we long for eternity and we long to know you know to know the lord when, when we reject him we we end up 
creating some destruction to humanity in some ways is is doomed but god is gracious though and i think god does he, you know he's he's allowed us to keep finding ways to to seek him you know the message is that there's you know both good and bad and in each of us and then it's in the movie is saying that it's up to you know finding peace with god to do that it's about finding yeah. yourself right in the film yeah and this i wouldn't say this is a christian the christian film <laughs> you could have the conversation i guess it's a good conversation I saw a funny review, you know, fake review from the satirical website, The Onion. Uh-huh. They said it's a, that this movie is a clear Jesus allegory. Um, <laughs> in the, in the, you know, entering in the, that, you know, it's like entering in the, the ark is like dying and then coming out is, is being reborn. And, you know, it's like doing it to save humanity and stuff like that, which is, it's kind of funny because I don't know what the, the Christian background is of whoever came up with that, but that that is kind of funny that like, you know, all the people definitely point out all the biblical stories. I mean, God's definitely giving signs yeah. in in the Old Testament. Yeah, I don't know if that I'd call this film a clear clear Jesus allegory. <laughs> if somebody like were to think about the the sinfulness of humanity, you know, eventually you kind of you kind of it's necessary to get to to, to Jesus to to Yeshua in order to actually to really to really kind of deal with the problem that I, I do like at the end of like at the end of Genesis you know it's like it's an early covenant it's the it's like the first one of the first covenants right is it is it the first covenant that's mentioned in scripture where Noah I think so um, yeah. I think yeah there's I know there's well, agree. it's like oh there's different covenants but yeah that is something that's in the bible source it's not you know, the movie doesn't contradict it, but it doesn't really talk about the covenant there. And, you know, the movie ends yeah. the showing the rainbow. Because the movie is kind of silent about some of the specifics that are in the scripture, that kind of leaves it open to, like, a lot of different types of interpretations. The Jennifer Connelly, um, Noah's wife character, is yeah. described as, like, um, she is a descendant of, of Cain. So, so at least, um, so it's not the... Yeah you know, all of the descendants that came were necessarily evil. And so the movie ends with general hope. It's kind of the slate literally wiped clean. The characters have a chance to continue on. Noah's, you know, has to deal with, you know, trauma of of wanting to, you know, basically not directly kill them, but like, you know, or directly kill one, one of their descendants and then end humanity and stuff like that. But at least... Mm -hmm. There's hope for humanity at the end of the film. It's definitely worth it for watching it for the imagery. And I do like the acting overall. You know, I think that the characters give good performances, even if they're a bit archetypal, which obviously Aronofsky movies intentionally have characters represent archetypes that they're, they're instead of just like that, they're, that this person is, you know, hope or is power you know and stuff like that like you know at least it's not um you know lazy writing like the character is in, intentionally represents a simple human personality yeah he definitely uses some archetypal and um, psychological styles in his filmmaking i recommend the film uh you know i also recommend reading the actual scriptural account <laughs> you know go, go read maybe read your bible before or and after and then you know return to it and maybe the fact that there are flood narratives around the world, I think that's a good, good opportunity. Something that points to the 
the, the fact that this actually did happen in history that the lord the lord did the lord did do this uh, and some people I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have questions but i think it's it's good conversation starter to you know even whether somebody believes or whether they don't to kind of get into to get into some of that you know if the people say were there really watchers in the scriptures you can say well let's go read <laughs> let's go see what it says <laughs> yeah that's an interesting dive on its own i'd, I'd recommend reading the you know, at least reading the bible story once if you if you're not at all familiar with Noah before seeing the film, it's designed for an audience of people that have at least know the basics of the of the Noah story. Yeah, definitely. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, messianicmedia at gmail.com, facebook.com slash messianicmedia. We'd appreciate reviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. Cool. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.